Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you've joined us. A little later in the show, we are going to talk about what is going on inside the Republican Party. It seems that no matter what President Trump says, no matter what he does, Republicans stand by him. Republicans in Congress, Republicans among the voting public. Uh, We're going to talk with Adam Serwer of The Atlantic about an article he's written uh, that talks about why Republicans are not turning on Trump and whether this sort of stands out from historical examples of people standing by presidents who they think of as uh, their own, as members of their own party or adherence to their own ideology. So you're going to want to stay tuned to that conversation. It'll get started at about 9.30. But up first, impeachment is the big story coming out of Washington, but there are actually plenty of other things happening, and some of them are going unnoticed. For instance, the Trump administration is expected to cut off food aid to more than 3 million people as part of a massive rollback of the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, commonly known as SNAP. Last week, the Agricultural Department, which handles the program, was flooded with opinions as the window for public comment came to a close. Among the millions of people who could be impacted by the rollback are around half a million children who would lose access to free meals at school. Here to talk about what this means for people in Detroit who rely on SNAP is Forgotten Harvest CEO Kirk Mays. Kirk, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me, Steve. Yes. And Gilda Jacobs, who is uh, president of the Michigan League for Public Policy. Gilda, welcome to Detroit. Good morning. Today. All right. Um, Gilda, let's start uh, with just some definitions here. For people who don't know, talk about what SNAP is and how important it is to people who need food assistance. Uh, SNAP is what is commonly uh, known be in the in the past as food stamps. Um, it is uh, done through the bridge card. Uh, it is food assistance for uh, low-income uh, folks and folks that are living um, uh, at or near the poverty level. Uh, it is a lifeline for so many working families as well. And what is the Trump administration saying they want to do? And this is also not the first time that this administration has talked about changing SNAP benefits. Is that right? Right. So what this is now, it's an attempt to change a technical rule kind of behind the scenes without, you know, without a lot of sunlight coming through so that basically they can subvert um, you know, what was a congressional intent. What they want to do is eliminate a technical but very important policy. It's called Broad-Based Categorical Eligibility, BBCE, um, which will be very detrimental to the health and well-being of um, of millions of people. And in Michigan, we're, we're looking at close to 150,000 people. More than half of those uh, folks are kids. So what it is, it's a policy that requires states to enroll uh, people that are eligible, uh, uh, households that are eligible um, for SNAP assistance, if they're already qualified for other benefits that are limited to low-income people, in particular TANF, which is a temporary assistance for needy families, it is a great way to provide, um, in a streamlined way, uh, services to, to people without having people to ha- jump over more uh, red tape bureaucratic you know, hoops to get the help that, um, that they're uh, uh, able to apply for. Uh, what it's going to do, it's just going to make it harder for families and their kids uh, to get these benefits. 
And and what's the thinking here about why the Trump administration is 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 doing this? Is it just is this about money? Is this about thinking that the people who receive these benefits uh, maybe don't need them or don't deserve them? I mean, is, is there any explanation for what's going on? It's really hard for me to get into the heads of the people that <laughs> uh, that do this. I, I honestly think that. Um, this is part of a systematic approach to make it more difficult for needy people to get to get benefits. Um, you know, we we've seen this in you know in other uh, in other things, Medicaid expansion, the enrollment, the, you know, taking away the money for for navigators. This is again uh, an attempt to to really undercut uh, these really important safety net programs that are out there to to help help and a lot of them are working families and to help kids so I don't understand uh, the thinking behind this um, other than to just create uh, you know on purpose uh, more hoops for folks to uh, to jump through yeah uh, Kirk Mays uh, I was excited to have you in on this conversation because of the work that you guys do at Forgotten Harvest, uh, you guys take uh, surplus food each day and deliver it to local charities uh, so that uh, families can get access to fresh and nutritious food. Um, uh, talk about the things that you see on your end of this uh, in terms of the needs that exist in Metro Detroit and whether those needs are growing. Yeah, well, thanks Thanks for that, Steve. Uh, we... we are primarily um, getting our information about um, increased need from our agency partners, our, our the distribution network. So the churches and the community centers and the and the good people in our community who are on the front line serving people every day. Um, I can tell you that um, the lines are still filled uh, with too many people. Um, there's a there's still a lot of requests um, for for more food, and um, these changes will. Um, at, at the least, they will stress those already kind of kind of strained resources. Um, so, um, during this period of time, we'd imagine people are going to rely be relying more on their nat- natural networks, mm-hmm. their families and friends, um, trying to make their adjustments and shifts. But ultimately, this will put more pressure on the emergency food system and the, and the hundreds of organizations that are helping people on a daily basis to try to get through these tough times. You know, a lot of people talk about what's going on economically in the country right now, and they say, look, things are going really well. I mean, the president himself talks about how the economy is churning along and uh, people are making money in the stock market and things like that. I think that that often overlooks what uh, is kind of underneath all of that. Um, talk about um, the the the... the the people who are still not moving ahead are still not being able uh, to provide for their families here in Metro Detroit and, and how much of a need um, they have. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, the reality is uh, the majority of the people in our country uh, probably live within the, you know, upper to, to middle to lower middle class. And there's a lot of people who are, in a in, in a vulnerable situation, whether we look at the poverty rate as that measure, or people who are in between life um, challenges, jobs, you know, changing events in their lives, and that kind of stuff. So it really boils down to um, being able to make ends meet. Uh, and the reality is uh, that that group of people in our country, um, we we're not 
that's not the, the the group that's that's investing in the rolling stock market that are getting dividends that are really seeing the benefits from a rising economy. Sure, there are a lot of people who have money in their four hundred one ks and their retirement plans, but that's like a long term, uh, you know, participation in today's success um, that 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 doesn't necessarily. Um, show up when somebody's going to work every day making 13 to 15 dollars an hour or less um, and still got to figure out how to balance all of those um, different levers so they can make sure they put food on the table for themselves and and and, and for the most part an entire family hmm. uh, so when we look at the economy and the economic reports and what what the corporations are doing in the ticker um, let's not forget that we still have a very lively conversation about uh, people being able to um, do stretch the dollar that they're bringing home um, with tax changes and with um, you know wages not necessarily rising at the pace of inflation and in the in the pace of our economies. There's still a lot of people out here that are struggling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gilda at the Michigan League for Public Policy, you also deal with. Uh, poverty and its growth and continuation here in uh, in the state of Michigan. I mean, it, it, it really is uh, one of the most persistent and I think under noticed issues that that we have. Yeah, uh, Steve. So even though our rates are dropping a little tiny bit, uh, not you know, basically poverty is stagnating in in our state. Um, but um, and because of that. Um, some of the other things that are in this technical rule change really are going to affect a lot of folks. So first of all, you need to understand that about half of the kids in our state, in our entire state, are on free or reduced lunch. Mm-hmm. Half of the kids. So obviously this is going to affect a lot of people. And in the Detroit area, it is way more, 70 80%. Um, but one of the things that this rule change does, uh, and I started to kind of discuss it with you uh, in, in, b- before we sat down, um, it, it, what they're trying to do is uh, change the rules for, for families that are building up savings. Um, this new rule change would cut the asset test for food assistance in half to uh, $2,250. So what that means is if you are... Uh, building up a little nest egg in case there is an emergency, and over 40% of Americans don't have enough savings if they have a $400 emergency, like they need new tires or they have a medical expense. Um, so they're going to lower that asset test and and make people, you know, spend anything that they have uh, saved for future problems in order to get food assistance. And I mean, I can't think of a, um, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, more of a Republican tenant, which is you work hard and you sure. save money, for, you know, for the future. So that's part of this. Uh, and also, um, this change also creates more of a cliff, um, which means that let's say you've got a working mom and she's making $12.50 an hour. And if she gets bumped to $13 an hour, because of this, she could lose benefits. And you know, we want to be able to reward work. And the difference between twelve fifty and $13 an hour is not that huge uh, in terms of making a difference in, in a family. And then if you lose food assistance, you're, you're not getting ahead. You may actually be falling back. Right, right. I mean, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, almost, uh, it's almost as if they're trying to punish people who are trying to climb out of poverty <laughs> right. while they're climbing, yep. which, uh, of course— and, 
doesn't match with the rhetoric that we hear about exactly. uh, empowerment and, uh, and, and moving to opportunity. Right. I mean, you know, the carrot and stick approach, and these are all stick approaches to, uh, to public policy. Yeah. Uh, my guests are Kirk Mays, who is the CEO of Forgotten Harvest, and Gil Jacobs, who's president and CEO of the Michigan League for Public Policy. We're talking about planned changes to SNAP benefits, uh, which uh, are food benefits that uh, more than uh, some 95,000 people here in Michigan could lose uh, under the changes that the Trump administration is talking about. Um, if you want to join the conversation, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Tell us what you think about uh, this kind of approach to anti-poverty programs uh, that are part of the government. Uh, is this the right way to get people uh, to a better place? Or is this pushing them back down just as they are maybe trying to climb to a better space? Uh, you can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. Or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll try to work you into the conversation. Let's go to Chris in Detroit. Chris, welcome to the program. Hey, how are you doing today? Good. Um, one of the comments I want to make is that one of the worst, one of the worst, worst things that they've done is they've uh, they've t- taken away a lot of the Mills and Wills programs. So mm-hmm. when you're talking about people that have um, in in uh, income inequality. You, when you look at the way that they are taking away the Mills and Wills programs and you're looking at the way, so they're not just attacking kids, they're also attacking the elderly mm. and the people that are most vulnerable too. Mm. Yeah, Chris, uh, that's a really great point. It uh, is. Uh, Kirk Mays, I wonder if you can talk about the ways in which uh, the support environment for people uh, who need food, who need other kinds of assistance has changed over the last few years as the Trump administration has kind of clamped down and, and choked uh, off support for, uh, for the things that people used to count on? Yeah, I mean, there, I mean it's a great point, um, uh, point well taken. There's a lot of seniors as well. Um, that count as vulnerable populations in our community that really do need these extra bits of assistance. Meals on Wheels is a great example of a program that has faced um, in different areas cuts, um, whether it's from shifting priorities or trying to figure out ways to uh, get resources to other kinds of programs that, you know, the decision makers are thinking may be able to help people as well. I think the biggest, the biggest, a piece about that kind of that kind of program is it really does help people who are kind of locked in um, and without a lot of mobility, uh, specifically seniors um, with a low budget and don't have a really you know or fixed budget and don't really have a lot of chances to you know uh, you know juggle the different challenges they have of dealing with time mm-hmm. and getting someplace. So there's only so many different um, platforms that we are aware of. People can get emergency food systems through your um, food bank, which largely serves um, churches and nonprofit organizations and some institutional partners in the community. Mm-hmm. But programs like Meals on Wheels that can actually get to people in their home are critical, and we are seeing changes in these kinds of programs that people have been dependent on um, historically. Yeah. Uh, and I just like to add that you know it does matter. Uh, these programs have made significant differences in um, the ability for people to make ends meet. Um, There's studies that have shown that government assistance is critical in order for us to actually close the gap for hunger and making people whole um, while they try to transition through um, challenges. Yeah, yeah. 
again, Chris, thanks very much for the call uh, and the comments. Let's go to Todd in Royal Oak. Todd, welcome to the show. Yes, yes good morning. How are you, everybody? Well, good. Uh, I wanted to make a quick comment um, along the lines of uh, I, I feel that uh, you know poverty is is a multi generational scenario. Um, if 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 you are born into a situation where your parents or grandparents, whoever you live with, maybe didn't have the opportunity to have a good job, and you know we're we're coming up on a time in in humanity, in my opinion, where you know the riots were 40 years ago and and the way that humanity is looking at each other is 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 still a very new scenario and for for an administration it doesn't matter if it's, it's if it's democratic right left liberal or or what have you to to consciously decide to remove food from a child's mouth uh to to either help motivate mentally or say, hey, you know, you should go out and, and find a job and then you can provide it for yourself. You know, it, it's, it's, it's tyrannical and it, it's utterly, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm very upset about this conversation because I drop my son off at school in the mornings and in his gymnasium, there's, there's a hundred children who are eating breakfast. Mm. And if, if you want to walk into a school where you're going to say, hey, kids, by the way, there's, there's no breakfast for you here any longer. I, I I I can't I can't fathom how somebody could consciously make that choice in this country mm. with the amount of money that is just thrown around and the amount of food that is thrown away, and 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 if you want to take and deflate a whole area of people, tell them they can't eat in the breakfast in the right, morning. Right. If you, want, you want to take a whole city full of people and say you're not allowed to eat anymore. By the way, your government is deciding that you don't make enough money to eat any longer. Right. It's it. This is it's it's ridiculous, yeah. and, and I'm I'm, uh, I'm astonished. Todd, and, I, and, I I really appreciate uh, the call and the perspective, and I'm glad you're calling from Royal Oak as well, uh, because uh, just a few months ago we were talking on this program about a new approach to uh, school food assistance in Oakland County. Uh, they've got this new pilot program where they're trying to make sure that. Uh, everybody gets access to free breakfast, not just uh, based on uh, on income and background. Helps relieve the stigma for some kids of, of getting free breakfast and make sure that everybody is eating. Uh, Gilda, talk about how this approach will affect that program in Oakland County. Well, one, I'm not sure how it will affect it, but I'm sure part of it is some of the SNAP money. But I think you know part of this conversation has to do with um, the kids need brain fuel, Food gives them the brain fuel to do well in school. So if we want our kids to be competitive, not just in Michigan, but all over the country, to be be taking literally food out of their mouths, it's going to affect these kids' outcomes in school and their outcomes in life. So this is really, really important. You really have to connect the dots to this. But I also want people to really understand how this is happening you know, Congress is not coming in and taking this away. Trump and his administration is using um, uh, rules, a rule change, to uh, do this uh, without Congress's um, input. And I think this is such an important change in in, mm-hmm. uh, in, in you know what we do and in benefits um, that I really have a real problem with this because it is really being done basically in the dark of night and and. 
uh, this is not how our government should be working and, and helping to provide needed resources for yeah. uh, for our, our, our folks. Yeah. Uh, again, Todd, thanks very much for the call and the comments. Let's go to Sean in Detroit. Sean, what's on your mind? Um, yes, I just want to point out that this decision is a cultural, the cultural force behind this decision is, is one that's propelling many. And it's really, you know, I think in many cases what the left has failed to realize is that the right have waged a cultural war. We've always seen it as an economic war, but it's the, the, the idea of convincing people that social provisions are a pathology hmm. or that we live in a survival of the fittest <clears throat> society. You know, imagining a life beyond, uh, you know, the the ethics. You know, just looking at everything through the ethics of the of the market, and we need to step back and while fighting this fight, and say, look, this is not normal. There's nothing normal about taking a lunch away from a child mm. living in poverty. Let's start the conversation there, and then go to get in the argument because this is also cultural hmm. it's not just economic and it's about changing the hearts and minds of people in that respect yeah. uh sean i really appreciate uh your call and and your comments it's a great way to sort of uh end the conversation here about uh, this change in the trump administration so <clears throat> i appreciate you uh participating uh kirk may ceo of forgotten harvest was really great to have you here for this conversation thanks for being with us Thank you for having me. It was great to be a part. And Gil, J- Gil Jacobs, uh, president and CEO of the Michigan League for Public Policy. Always great to catch up with you as thanks, well. Thanks, Steve. And Kirk, thanks for all your great work. Yes, all the work that they do there at uh, Forgotten Harvest is really amazing. Thank all right. you, Dino. Up next, we are going to talk about why Republicans can't seem to ditch Donald Trump amid corruption accusations and an impeachment inquiry. Is this unusual in the eyes of history? Stay with us on Detroit Today. Thank you.